0: Techish, hosted by Abadesi Osun Sadhe and Michael Berhane, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network the audio destination for business professionals. Now, this is a podcast by two millennials talking about all things tech, pop culture, and life. I recently checked out their AI special episode where they talked about if chat is a job killer, predictions, and so much more. And like all of us, I'm still learning how to best leverage AI. So I found this episode really enlightening and I think you might too. So listen to Tech-ish wherever you get your podcasts. Hey friends, hey, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Side Hustle Pro. I'm your host, Nikaela, and today I am joined by Saritha Willingham. Saritha is the founder and CEO of SJW Logistics, which is a third-party logistics company providing freight transportation, warehousing, and e-commerce order fulfillment services. Saritha's previous corporate career spans from financial data analysis to project management of informational technology systems, along with strategic planning and execution. And this experience, of course, has informed how she took on entrepreneurship in a fast-growing logistics and Transportation Company. In today's episode, you will hear how in 2020, when COVID-19 disrupted the economy, Saritha became a full-time entrepreneur. She acquired a small trucking fleet of five trucks and grew the company to 12 trucks within the first six months of leadership. And in 2021, she opened a 22,000 square foot warehouse, making SJW Logistics a full service 3PL with multiple service offerings for their clients. I found this episode so enlightening and informative. I had no idea how this industry works. And I think it is a really, really cool one. And especially for us women, it is one that we should keep on our radar for the future. So let's jump right into it. Welcome, welcome to the guest chair, Saritha. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to have you because I know nothing about the trucking and logistics industry. This is a space that I'm getting more versed in. And I think a lot of the SideHouse Pro audience will be happy to know this information before they get into any kind of business that requires it. So share a little bit about, before you even got into this space, your career spans financial data analysis to project management management. Walk us through how you structured your career and took on the roles that you did.
1: Absolutely. So, um, again, thank you for having me and featuring SJW Logistics on site Hustle Pro Podcast. So, with me, you're right. I started my career fresh out of college with the Coca Cola Company um, in data analysis, and then moved into project management roles. Um, from there, I left Coca Cola and went to XPO Logistics, where I was a uh, executive IT project manager. And from there, I was able to learn more about logistics and transportation. Because I had to learn the different systems and things that they do um, in order to be able to build software or, or lead a project team to be able to build that software and release it. So that is how my career started and how
0: it ended up in logistics and transportation by all the things that I learned. And so you were at a third party logistics, a.k.a. 3PL, before starting your own company. So how did that career experience influence your next move?
1: It had an a impact, definitely, on my next move, but it was more one of, one or more of those things where you're like, I think I could do this if I tried it. I know people, <laughs> I have family members that do it. Let me reach out to some family members and, you know, learn different things. So it was something that just started as like a highly uh, side hustle, actually, <laughs> um, oh, nice. while I was working, because I, I never had in my mindset of leaving corporate America, because I, I I like my mm-hmm. stable checks
0: every two weeks. <laughs> exactly. A lot of us do. So when it was a side hustle, had you acquired a truck at that point? What did it look like when it was a side hustle? It
1: looked more like consulting. I was working with the, um the trucking company that I acquired. Um there I was helping them, giving them ideas, you know, helping them grow, different things like that. And then in twenty twenty, when the pandemic hit, it was like XPO has to lay me off because all of my projects are put on hold. Businesses are closed or shut down. They don't need this and they don't need that. And so I said, well, you know what? Let me see if I can turn this into a full-time job where I don't have to go back to North America.
0: That is so inspiring. You know, you could have been in this space of, I just got laid off. Let me just sit for a minute and think this through. But you said, all right, well, (laughs) let me ramp up my side hustle. I need to know, okay, how does this work? How do you acquire a trucking company or a freight company? What does that look like in terms of how much it costs, process? Can you share more about that? It really
1: just depends, honestly, on what you're looking for. I went the semi truck route. Like I said, the person I acquired it from was a family member. So, you know, cost wise, it didn't look like what it probably should have looked like (laughs) (laughs) there. But, you know, just getting it established, and some of the things that had already I had already invested in there so I started working with the company like I said before I acquired them so I already knew a lot about the company and knew the direction that it could go but in normal methods when it's not a family business or someone you know of course you want to you know check the financials check the customer base you know sign your NDAs and see what it is and if it's worth purchasing that company or acquiring it or, you know, working with the company, different things like that.
0: What are you looking for when you're, in addition to the financials, like, are you looking for a company that already has customers or you just want the physical fleet because you're going to go out and get new customers anyway?
1: It just depends. Honestly, I just did some consulting for a company that just bought 15 assets. They didn't care about the customers. They bought just the <laughs> assets and they're going to go find their own customers. So it okay. really... All the pins, because you in the logistics you could do both. There's this thing called spot yeah. freight where you can go on load boards and find freight. So even if you had no customers, but you had your assets, you can find work for your assets. by
0: assets. Are you talking about the vehicle or yes, the drivers? The truck. Yes. The trucks. Okay. uh huh.
1: But for me, I wanted both. I already wanted something established because, again, I wanted money to continue rolling in. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Smart. Was that ever awkward through the acquisition period where you took on a company of a family member? So now the dynamic has to shift because you're the boss. So how did you manage that?
1: Um, It was awkward because my family member, he was old. So you yeah. have worked with him were relationships and there was a loyalty thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I came from corporate America where, you know, there's a different kind of loyalty I'm going to say in corporate America, yeah. so, you know, let's make sure we're hitting those bottom line numbers. Yes. So,
0: yes. you know, the new world
1: order, anytime someone new comes in, you try to meet everyone, you try to talk to them, but you already kind of know what's going to work and what's not going to work. So there's a transition period. Right asking everyone to have an open mind and understand what the future can look like there and how things can be better. And there are some people that will, are very open to change when the, a company is acquired. And then there are some that's like, I am who I am, and it is what it is, and this won't work. <laughs> you have to be prepared
0: for both. You have yep, to be yep. prepared for both. what was your first step? Once day one, you now own this company. Are you just maintaining the current relationships, getting to know the ins and outs of those, or are you also working to get new business right away?
1: Both. You're doing both. Um, So when I went into the company, again, it was a company just focused on operations, making sure everybody moves, money is coming in, and that was it. So of my learnings from corporate America was the run versus grow model. Let's divide this thing up. Let's have a model where we have the, let's make this existing model, the operations model where we're just running okay. the business, spraying in the cash flows, paying the salaries, you know, and all that good stuff. But then let's, let's create this growth plan so we can grow the company and let's dedicate some people over here on growing the company and what that looks like.
0: I'm really curious about the timing of it, though. I mean, you started this during 2020, the pandemic. At that point, did they have any kind of dip in business because of that? And how did you handle it? Actually,
1: they did not. So during 2020, that was the boom of transportation, you know, right? before The pandemic happened, rates had dropped. It was pretty bad, um, just Mm -hmm. transportation wise, because freight, Rates were really low right before the pandemic happened. Then, when the pandemic happened, you know, you have supply and demand. Everybody shut down at home. So, what's the first thing people think to do? Pick up their phone and order things that they don't have at home to make them comfortable, right? So, Mm -hmm. and then they stock up on things because then they don't know when they're going to be able to go back out. And so, with all that being said, all supplies have to get delivered to a store. It yes. has to get delivered somewhere once it's manufactured, has to get distributed. So it was a very high demand for all
0: essential products that were needed to be in your home to be able to maintain through the, the pandemic. And, you know, I used to think that retailers, they just have their own trucks. They like go park in the parking lot once they're done. <laughs> but you're introducing me to a new aspect of this. So you're saying that, OK, if Walmart needs to get things or Home Depot needs to get things to their customers, they are now contacting you to get those things to the customers. Yes. Or you're reaching out to them to say, hey, I can get these things to your customers. Correct. How does it work? Do you reach out or they find you?
1: Most of the time. And so in the transportation world, you have what you call third-party logistic providers. They could be brokers Mm -hmm. that normally are connected to the bigger giants, like you named out Home Depot and Walmart. And those brokers will get contracted deals with them to move so many loads. And they post it on load boards. And when they post it on load boards, There we go on the load boards and try to negotiate rates with the brokers to book those loads and deliver them to their final destination.
0: And it sounds like a load board is literally L.O.A.D. board is literally people saying, hey, I got X, Y, Z that needs to go on a truck and I need it to be this big. And then truckers then um, or at least the owners of the trucking companies then negotiate which loads they're going to take.
1: Absolutely.
0: That is so cool and interesting now as you're like if you decide something's your project how does the finalizing process go so that you don't hold up the retailer when someone else could have been doing it or what have you you really
1: don't have that type of issue unless you have a truck maintenance issue where your truck breaks down okay. uh, once you commit to that load you pick it up you kind of know when your delivery date they know when to expect it so we do live in a world of it it's a lot of technology in logistics it's a lot of coordination okay. in to the logistics so you you don't hold Hold anybody up unless, like you say, something happens, a truck breakdown, and depending on the the age of your equipment, because that was one thing we went through with the transition um, since being with the company is make sure we got good quality equipment to reduce any breakdowns uh, while en route from pickup to delivery.
0: And then you grew the company by October 2020 from five to 12 trucks. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that process worked? Were you acquiring them flat out? Was it a mixture of acquisition partnerships? It was both. So we
1: used the funding that was given out to small businesses during COVID to be able to add more uh, of our own assets internally. But we also expanded with adding on owner operators, people who have their own trucks. By allowing them to lease onto our company. So we did a mix of that with non owned and owned assets to be able to grow to those 12 trucks.
0: When you have a non owned asset, how does that work financially as far as money, revenue share, and all of that?
1: It's a contracted agreement. You set your percentages, say, hey, uh, you're going to pay me for pretty much leasing all means I'm paying you for using your name. But you're going to provide me in exchange with that access to work. You're going to provide me my paycheck every week. You're going to provide
0: me some of the benefits I wouldn't get if I was on my own. So it's like being on a network or a record label. Yes. <laughs> got you, got you. You know, what you've done is really, really incredible. And I hope that by getting kind of granular with our questions that people who didn't know this was an opportunity and are interested in this can really start to learn about the first steps to get involved as well. Now, Let's talk a little bit more about the whole portfolio of what SJW Logistics entails. So you have freight transportation, warehousing, and e-commerce order fulfillment services. What do each of those entail?
1: So freight transportation, that's our asset and our brokerage side. So we, for our customers, can provide transportation one way or the other. If we don't have trucks in the area where they need something picked up, then we use our brokerage, we post it on the load board, find them a truck in the area and we still give them a reasonable price all online invoice for our warehousing. We do both the e-commerce order fulfillment and the traditional storage in there with okay. that. If our customers just need storage only to hold the product and ship it, you know, wherever they need to ship, we do that. Or if they sell online, we hold their product and do pick and pack. We pull from that inventory and we have UPS, FedEx, USPS all come by here daily to pick up customer orders. So that is how all of it comes together to make us a full service 3PL. We can do everything all in one invoice for our customers.
0: Did you start out with all of that at once or did you slowly tack on the services? Like how did you um, phase in those different services?
1: No, we started out with just the trucking side. And then after I stabilized that, it was like, okay, we want to diversify our service offerings. We want to be able to add more than one thing. We want to be able to not have to depend on just the trucking side. So then we added the warehouse and then we added the brokerage. So they kind of came in steps.
0: What does that look like from a hiring perspective, though? As you're talking, I'm like, this just sounds like a lot of training. (laughs) How are you finding your people that are, you know, serious professional and that, you know, can keep the process going without having to keep on training new people?
1: Well, you know, that that has been a challenge over the last two years in the workforce, because so many people learn how to live off less when you had to go work from home, you know, or you got laid off you learn how to live off less. So the challenge was getting people consistently to come to work there. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was actually part of the job requirement. Must have reliable transportation, must show up. <laughs> you know, yep, yep, once you yep, get yep. them to show up, you know, the a lot of times we find good quality candidates. It's just sometimes we can't compete with life. Most of them are aware of logistics and transportation. And the training part goes fairly well because it, even though it's a hard process for a lot of people to learn, the actual day to day tactical operational items are easy to learn.
0: And what about with the drivers of these trucks? I mean, I imagine the pay is really great, but does it take a toll? Do you have a high turnover rate because of just that toll of going that long distance?
1: Honestly, we don't have a high turnover rate. We That's just recently great. celebrated a driver who's been with us five years. Um We nice. recently celebrated, because we always go by the parent company's uh, original date. So we recently celebrated okay. six years in business based on the parent company that was acquired. But with that, no, we don't have a high turnover rate, because our goal is to treat drivers like they're human. The drivers that know they're built for over the road, you don't have a problem with. Once they get out there trying it and think they can make it and then, you know, family life or have to go home or different things like that. So we try to find that balance to say, this driver is better regional. This driver is better local here in Georgia. This is our over the road guy. We can send him here, we can send him there. So it's all about learning your drivers and what's a good fit for them as well.
0: Companies are under pressure right now, pressure to get more leads, close deals faster, and get better insights to create the best experience for customers. A CRM can help, but not just any CRM, one that is easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way you do business. That's where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot CRM is easy for everyone to use on day one, and it helps teams be more productive. Drag-and-drop your way to attention-grabbing emails and landing pages. Set up marketing automation to give every contact white-glove treatment. Plus, AI-powered tools like Content Assistant mean less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters, your customers. HubSpot CRM has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Get started for free today at HubSpot.com. Have you always dreamed of being your own boss or just making extra income through e-commerce like making your own custom products? Maybe you've even heard me talk about this and the print on demand option on this show, but you're probably not sure where to start, which is why you haven't started. Well, now there's a new podcast all about this. It's called Printing Profits, and it shares everything you need to start and scale your own print on demand store. So it features stories from store owners who found success and who share their journeys. Plus, it's just jam packed full of practical tips on how to actually get started and how to scale your print on demand business. So again, it's called Printing Profits, and it's your new must listen podcast. It comes to us from Printify, which is the platform that allows you to sell custom products around the world and it's available on all major podcast platforms now I would love to know more about the customer side I heard you in researching you talk a little bit about targeting customers at the right time what does that mean to you
1: so for me you know the thing about it is it's just like us as humans we don't yeah. think about christmas and buying for christmas until you know october november <laughs> now don't get me wrong there are some people that shop year round my mom is one mm-hmm. of them but <laughs> most people you don't think about something you need until you need it right or something you want until you want it so and it's just like customers everybody has their season no matter what yeah. you sell or what you do everybody has their peak season so i teach my team to target based on your peak season or the customer's peak Mm -hmm. season but don't wait you know if you're going to target a toy manufacturer in november they probably don't need transportation (laughs) services because by then they have manufactured their product shipped it and, and it has been received at its mm-hmm. final destination for where that final sale is going to be made. But if you target them maybe about January, February, when they're doing their open bidding season and preparing for the next retail season, then you may have a chance when it comes time to move that product. So it's just a matter of understanding your customers or your prospects before you target them. And then if you do get a decline, you understand why. It may just not be their peak season or when they need transportation help at that time.
0: You seem so cool, calm, and collected. So knowledgeable. Like you just seem cool under pressure. Um, were there any high pressure moments for you as you took on being an entrepreneur for the first time ever? And you know your business is growing rapidly over the last three years. How have you managed those high pressure moments?
1: You know, you just gotta, you gotta find, you gotta understand control. You know, I tell people, if you want to get into logistics and you're a person that likes to control everything, this is not the industry for you. You (laughs) got to understand what you can control and what you cannot control. Mm -hmm. You got to be satisfied with something. I deal with high pressure things all the time. Um, You know, I hear a lot of people say they want dedicated contracts. As a small company, I've had several dedicated contracts. But those dedicated contracts are a lot because you're that total service provider for that, mm-hmm. So when you have an equipment issue or something doesn't go right, there, all that pressure falls on you because that's going to kind of get you in that company's eyesight. They're going to put the pressure on you. You got to learn how to deal with it. And then sometimes you have to be able to say, hey, we are human. We made a mistake. I am sorry for my humanly mistake. And we would try yeah. not to do that again. And you really need to try not to do that again.
0: <laughs> so that, you know, that's the way I look at things. So as you're working with these major brands, you know, if you get a Walmart contract, are you the only person Walmart is working with? Or do they just have to work with hundreds of different people just to manage the scale of their orders?
1: Um, It, it really just depends on the, the retailer. Some retailers have their own trucks like Walmart does. So they may yeah. give out their overflow freight what their internal capacity cannot handle. Um okay. when working with providers, it's always best to tell what you can handle. They are gonna work with multiple people, they are gonna have backup options because at the end of the day, they have to protect their customers, right? They have yeah. to make sure that products get delivered to their customers because if their customers don't get their product, they don't get paid, so they can't pay you. So it's yeah. all connected.
0: New person entering this industry, how do you build your reputation so they even trust you to give you a contract? Or does that not matter in this industry?
1: Um, it's a lot of research. I tell people everybody has to go through growing pains. You know, before you could walk, you had to crawl. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> before you could, you know, before you could run, you had to walk, right? So there, there are things that even in this industry you have to go through as a new person coming in, and even when you're not yeah. so new, even when you grow. There are things you have to grow. Today, I just got told by a person, um, I've been trying to get on with this company for two years. Every time we talk to this company, there is a new reason why we cannot on board. And I <laughs> hey, I've been trying this for two years. If that's the reason, I'll be back with you in a couple months. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> So mm-hmm. it really just, you got to be persistent too. You got to let them know, like, I don't give up easy um, there. What does it take? Understand understand their requirements. Understand what they need, and then make sure you meet those before you approach them. And then there are some companies just being honest with you. It doesn't matter how great you are. Um, they they just don't want to work with new people. You have to do a lot of networking, a lots of getting to know. It's all about relationships and partnerships. And then it just may take you two or three years before they even invite you to RFP. So. Again, it takes a lot of consistency, persistence, and strong skin and understanding of the industry.
0: That's such an important reminder because a lot of times we get a no and we treat it like a no forever. We never circle back. We never hit that person up again. And there's very much truth to the, you know, not right now or this wasn't the best timing, but you come back and it just might be the right synergy so now a lot of people lose money in the first few years of their business i'm curious what has your experience been
1: i'm the same, <laughs> the same. you
0: know you lose you learn you, you make lose, mistakes you learn. You yeah yeah you but is your business profitable now is it breaking even or is it something that is generating a whole bunch of profit right now
1: um, we we it goes up and down to be honest with you. This logistics yeah. industry is truly a roller coaster. One minute you're profiting, the next minute you're not profiting. One one month you're doing well, the next month you're like, oh my customers didn't have sales, so they didn't have freight for me to move. Honestly, mm-hmm. so you have to look at it and set your goals as a whole there. So that is how we are able to sustain and maintain. So even though we're profiting, like I said, it goes up and down. We mostly focus on cash flow, keeping the cash flow. Okay.
0: And how does something like financial projections work in an industry like yours if you don't know what loads you're going to end up picking up
1: you set goals for the truck whether you know the loads or not you know what areas pay you know what industry markets are paying you know what areas to go in what areas to come out of uh you know what your customers are going to do they don't like we have dedicated customers they don't give us the work last minute we know sometime months in advance what's coming for us so It is a lot of planning, but we set goals per truck based on the area and what that driver does. Same thing with the warehouse. We set goals for what we want the sales team to bring in and what type of work we want to do. So everybody has a goal to meet to ensure that we
0: accomplish our overall financial goal. And for those who are interested in perhaps just purchasing their own single truck to just go out there, you know, go on the load boards and do their own thing, what's what's the benefit to being like a solo truck owner versus joining a company like yours who has owner operator contract opportunities?
1: Well, there are pros and cons to it. So, you know, a lot of people do go independently. They'll start out with one truck because they have a vision to grow into a bigger company. They don't just do it because they want to just have their one truck and they want that control. So it's a mix of people out there that do that. The benefit of, you know, as a single owner operator, you you're your own self boss. Right. So you have your own expenses. You don't get to pass anything off uh, to anybody else. Everything is all yours the benefit of leasing onto a company you get to pass off some of those expenses so you may not have to pay for insurance when you lease on. you get fuel discounts that are passed to you because the company may have a bigger fuel discount program Mm -hmm. you get to be put into their maintenance network where you may get some maintenance discounts so there are a lot of things and then you may have access when you are a sole owner you may not have access to a backup truck or a rental truck if something goes wrong with your equipment bigger companies may have backup trucks for you to drive so you can still continue to roll and make money during your downtime with your own assets. So it's just Mm -hmm. different things to look at on what works best for that individual.
0: Knowing what you do now, three years in, is there anything you would have done differently approaching starting your own business?
1: I would have. So there is one thing that I would have done differently. I would have started leasing trucks earlier we did the model where we acquired the assets because it's cheaper per month but once those assets get so far up in age you know you start having all the maintenance issues which can be a big hit to any company if the economy is not getting back on track and balanced and everything so and we went through that until we started leasing to get our fleet Mm -hmm. back on track so i think i would if anything i would have done differently when i was growing from those five trucks to 12 trucks. I would yeah. not have bought them all. I would at least some of
0: them. That makes a lot of sense. And that's a good tip. And as a three years into this entrepreneur journey, how do you feel about it versus, you know, your career in corporate? You
1: no, know, it, it depends on the day. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it goes back and forth overall. Like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad I made the decision. I have learned a lot. I've met a lot of great people um there i've taken on an industry that's tough it's really male dominated so just being able to do things that were once thought of as impossible has been a great experience for me great exposure
0: so now let's jump into the lightning round uh you know the deal you're just going to answer the very first thing that comes to mind and are you ready Yes. <laughs> um, so number one, what is a resource that has really helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience?
1: Um, Being able to work with vendors, use other people's equipment and assets.
0: What about who is a non-celebrity Black woman entrepreneur who you would want to switch places with for a day and why?
1: Maybe I know this judge in Cobb County. Her name is Judge Sonya, and I don't want to butcher her last name. Maybe if I could switch yes. places with her. <laughs> for a day i would love to do it because i love to hear different sides of the story i like to be an understanding person so i like Mm -hmm. to be uh hear different sides of the story and make a decision and i know that's what judges Mm -hmm. do
0: (laughs) that's true like they need to really have their analytical decision making skills on point so i can see that okay number three what is a non-negotiable part of your day these days Going back and forth with drivers.
1: <laughs> rules <laughs> are the rules, no it is what it is. And if this doesn't work for you, I truly understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Number four, what is a personal habit about you that contributes to your success?
1: Um, just being fair. So I was in the military and I learned a lot from being humble and, you know, being fair. So I think that's contributing to my success today.
0: And then finally, what is your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing a steady paycheck?
1: I would say what my motto has been all 2023 is bet on yourself. You'll never know how how good or what you're capable of until you take that first step to do it. If you don't do it, you you won't ever know. So I put it off for yeah. two years before I uh, was given the opportunity due to COVID to be my own, <laughs> own boss, yeah. and be an entrepreneur. but I went head on and bet it on myself at that time. I
0: love that. That's a perfect note to end on. So Saritha, where can people connect with you and SJW Logistics after this episode? You are a woman of mystery, a very hard woman to find, <laughs> but I know <laughs> after this episode, folks going to want to find you. So where can they find you?
1: Absolutely. So I am on LinkedIn under my name, Sarita Willingham. You can also follow SJW Logistics on LinkedIn. I am on Instagram under SJW Logistics and I am on Facebook under my name, Sarita Willingham and SJW Trucking and SJW Logistics.
0: All right. So with that, thank you so much for being in the guest chair. This was a very enlightening episode for me. Like I said, I knew nothing about it coming into this episode. So I thank you so much for shedding light on this whole new world for me and for some of you listening. I hope you guys go after and learn more about this industry if it's something that you're interested in. And I will talk to you guys next week.